What is up team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's get right into it. So first question we have, what are your thoughts on having higher calories slash carbs just on training days and a build? So this is something we talk about quite often with clients because we do talk quite a bit about like, hey, during your fat loss phase, it's probably easier for you to adhere to something like the 5-2 split or like the 11-3 split where we have maybe five lower calorie days per week to higher calorie days per week for a little bit more lifestyle flexibility. But the thing to understand here is um, if you are in a calorie surplus, I don't think this makes as much sense because very much like when we look at fat loss, okay, what we do for fat loss more or less comes down to what we do across the course of the week, like weekly macros. If your weekly macros are in alignment with the averages we want, you'll more or less get the same result given you ate the same amount of protein or you hit your protein target most every day, right? Um, But then like past that point, if your calories are up and down, up and down, but we wanted you to average 1,700 calories per day and your average across the week was 1,700 calories per day, it really wouldn't make a big difference to your fat loss whether you ate 1,700 calories every single day or you alternated between 2,000 calories and 1,400 calories every other day. Again, as long as that week the average came out at 1,700, you would get a very similar fat loss result and you would, as long as you got adequate protein and we're still training, of course, you would be able to maintain your muscle mass. Now, in a building phase, it's not the same, right? What we do is very much like in the day-to-day sense is much more important. So on your training days, we want to make sure first, and this is again like where it's, hey, it's not just did you hit your macros across the day. Like very much what you do the couple hours before you train is going to impact how well you train how well you uh, fuel yourself post-workout. There's not like a magical 30-minute post-workout window or anything of that nature, but how well you fuel yourself post-workout does make a decent difference in your recovery. And across the course of months added up, that can add to like shitty training sessions due to poorly fueling and less than great recovery versus well-fueled training plus excellent like post-workout nutrition that can add up to, even over just a couple months, that can add up to a pretty big difference in your physique. So like on training days, that's why it's important to um, have adequate like peri-workout nutrition. Now that said, when we're looking at then, okay, should we go like high-low days basically? In your off days, the thing to realize here is the degree of a surplus that you're in typically in a building phase to lead to a desired rate of gain is kind of like a fine, it's a very fine line between, okay, we're eating enough to make sure that we're in a surplus, but we don't want to be gaining excess fat, right? For most people, it's around 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week that we want to gain. Um, For women, typically we'll go closer to like 0.2 to 0.4% of body weight per week. So the thing to realize here is, with these in mind, like the degree of a surplus that we're in is relatively small. So on the other days, for us to like take these calories higher, we have to pull a decent amount of calories from our off days. So there, it's increasing the likelihood that on our off days, we're probably going to be in a deficit or like at maintenance, just barely above a deficit, basically to the point where we could very easily just like accidentally be in a calorie deficit. 
Now we know body recomposition is possible, right? We know that, okay, yes, we can build muscle when we are eating fewer calories and we're burning it in a day, AKA we're in a calorie deficit. That said, is that optimal for building muscle? No, because we know that muscle is a very calorically expensive tissue, right? Um, it takes a lot of calories to build and to maintain. So if you are sending the signal to your body that calories are scarce, AKA you're eating fewer calories than you're burning, even like a couple times a week, it's gonna be less than ideal for muscle growth. Because again, like even though we're not necessarily training on those days, especially if you're training four or five days a week, you are still recovering on those days. Your body is still attempting to build muscle on those days. So in those days as well, it wouldn't be optimal to like be in a deficit or even significantly reduce calories. So I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think there's a point to it. There's no reason. If you're in a surplus, like you're gonna be getting inadequate nutrition to, it's different than like if we're in a deficit and we are, um, like we have these four higher days to help better fuel training. We get more carbs around our training, thus we feel better when we're training. When you're in a surplus, that's not an issue, right? Like training performance is always good if peri-workout nutrition, pre and post-workout nutrition is good. So thus it doesn't make, there's no like additional benefits to like having higher and lower days, but there are more potential detriments. Next, how do you determine the rate of loss that is appropriate for a cut? Is it always 0.5 to 1% of body weight or does it depend? And if someone wants to lose even faster than that, what would you recommend? How would you handle that? All right, so a couple things to consider here. First, we look at how much does the client have to lose? And like this is very context dependent. So typically, for someone that's just focused on fat loss, hey, I don't really care about body comp, everyone cares about body composition, but hey, I don't care about like adding muscle or maintaining um, all the muscle that I worked so hard to build. Uh, build um, really like typically when we think of like the client that comes in and they have, let's say like 50 plus pounds to lose, like almost purely fat loss, typically individuals who aren't training currently maybe they like walk a decent amount or things of that nature right and there is when we tend to personally we tend to get a little bit more aggressive one if it is someone who has a lot more to lose just the fact of like okay i have to lose whatever 100 pounds and you're saying that this is going to take me three years to do like at this 0.25 percent of body weight loss per week Okay, that's, I'm not gonna do that. And that's like, again, like the idea that like slow and steady fat loss is the only way to go. One, doesn't really have any legitimate foundation in science. And two, actually I would argue probably causes a lot of people to never try to lose the weight in the first place. Um, so again, like first and foremost, we need to look at what the individual's goals are and where they're coming from. Because on the flip side, we know that once we start pushing it for like individuals who um so like julie who asked this is such a great example she's someone who has spent a good amount of time what the last like six to eight months focusing on building as much muscle as possible in her building phase so in her fat loss phase she wants to make sure that as she gets leaner she doesn't lose any of that muscle so that's where typically we're going to be a little bit more conservative Really like 0.75% of body weight up to like 1% of body weight is the fastest we wanna push it for an extended period of time before we're probably like past that 1% mark, 1% of body weight per week in relatively lean individuals looking to get leaner. That's when we're starting to risk a little bit more muscle loss. 
Now on the flip side, like the exception to this is something like a mini cut. Again, like the longer the duration, typically, and again, this depends on the individual, but typically the less aggressive we wanna be. So for example, like in a mini cut, there we can lose up to like four weeks, we can be losing up to 1.5% of body weight per week. Um, that's something we take many clients through. Uh, and there, like, because it's such a short time frame, we're not worried about muscle loss. Five weeks, maybe we're gonna dial that back to like 1.25. Six weeks, okay, one to 1.25. And then past that point, okay, it probably makes sense for us to be cut this down to like 1% of body weight per week or slower. Now, on the flip side, with some individuals, we will also do like, hey, you're feeling good right now. We know like, let's say you've gone through a building phase, we're getting you ready for a photo shoot prep. So like, uh, Kathy, this is my client, Kathy, this is something that we're doing with her right now. Um, okay, so the, for the first six weeks, we're gonna push you a little bit harder, closer to that like 1.25% of body weight loss per week. We're gonna take a week or two of maintenance, and then we're gonna dial back the rate of loss to about 1% in the next, like 0.75 to 1% in the next, um, what, eight to 10 weeks until your photo shoot. So it does depend, and there's like, you can push harder at the start, dial it back a bit as things go on, but very much like for relatively lean individuals, 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week is a pretty good rule of thumb. Um, for people that have, are like chasing body recomposition, or at the very least wanna maintain as much muscle as possible. On the flip side for people chasing purely fat loss, most people tend to do better with a little bit quicker rate of loss, I would argue. So like 0.75 to 1.25 is pretty realistic in that case. Now from there, she asks, if someone wants to lose even faster than that, what would you recommend? How would you handle that? Again, there's nothing wrong with losing faster than that. It's not like we'll break anyone by pushing them to lose faster than that. Again, we have to realize that like the pushback against um, rapid fat loss is because people think that it like damages your metabolism or will downregulate your metabolism, which isn't necessarily true, right? Like think of it as the depth versus the width, like more or less like metabolic adaptation is basically a product of your current body size, how much you're currently moving and how much you're currently eating. So we can either like, basically it's like, let's imagine we are driving from Nebraska to Florida. Um, we can either take that trip and the metabolic adaptation is like the distance, right? We can either take that trip very, very quickly. So like you can speed go 110 the whole way there and like, wow, we went a long ways very quickly. We saw a lot of, a decent amount of metabolic adaptation really quickly, or you can take it slower. But either way, the same amount of metabolic adaptation happens to go from point A to point B. So um, I, would, I would just like, if someone wants to lose faster than that, I would just talk them through. Hey, here's the trade-offs that we're making. You're probably gonna be able to be less flexible. Um, so is that a, is it, are you okay with that? Um, it's gonna be harder to build muscle where you can potentially like running the risk of losing a little bit more muscle. Are you okay with that? You're probably gonna be hungrier. Energy is probably gonna be lower. Are you okay with that? And if they understand like the trade-offs that they're making, then I think they're like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's my take on it. Now again, like this is very much on the flip side when we're working with very lean individuals, 
then we can start to run into issues of okay like energy availability is so low so again like the context of this is very important i would say if it is like a let's say we're working with a woman that is already below 20 percent body fat and they want to lose quicker than this okay like we're gonna have to push you so hard calories are gonna be so low this is gonna lead to some hormonal disruption you're gonna feel terrible this probably isn't the best bet right but again it's so dependent on the individual but for an individual that has a decent amount to lose i don't think there's anything wrong with getting more aggressive than that all right final question we have can you explain the purpose of a deload week so absolutely um deloads are so crazy important really i think that people missing or people failing to take deloads is why so many people will like start training for two to three months push it super hard but then eventually so basically what's going on here is as we train we accumulate more and more and more fatigue now our body building muscle is a game of our body first getting rid of the fatigue that we had created from whatever stressors were present in the training session and then actually building muscle so the thing is the more consistent weeks we string together of pushing ourselves hard the more like this baseline level of fatigue starts to rise and rise and rise right now over time we need to take a little bit longer break to kind of allow that fatigue to dissipate before we can keep pushing on so basically think of it like stopping to fill your car up lots of road trip analogies here um think of taking a deload like stopping to fill your car up with gas when you're at like a quarter tank right let's say you're on a long road trip once again if we kept pushing and pushing and pushing eventually we would get to the point where damn this is going to be such a good analogy eventually we get to the point where you have your foot pushed all the way down on the gas pedal you're pushing as hard as you can but you're not actually moving forward exact same thing happens when we try to train too long without taking a deload because fatigue increases so much that our body can't recover from said fatigue and again when we look at like the what we need to do to grow to build new muscle basically consider imagine your body being at a baseline right now right when we train the stress that that training session presents pushes our body below this baseline right now we have to recover the fatigue basically pushes it down there now our body has to recover from said stress and bringing it back up to the previous baseline and then only once we get pat back to that previous baseline then if we still have more recovery ability then we can push it up past that a bit and see some muscle growth but and even so many people like that don't ever deload fall in this trap of okay i'm constantly training i'm constantly like creating a lot of fatigue but it's so much that i can only ever get back to my previous baseline so i'm plateaued or some people will even see regression over time and that's again like the example of the person that like trains for two to three months super hard and then always falls off because like i was making great progress and now i'm not progressing anymore and i feel like shit and then they go back to it after a couple months oh man i'm making great progress i feel great but once again like due to failure to deload um i'm once again not making progress so a deload is very much like something that feels annoying at the time like stopping to fill up with gas but it is very much something that potentiates you to make better progress in the future all right team and that is all i have for y'all today now if you enjoyed this episode do me a huge favor take a screenshot on your phone right now share it to instagram and tag me i want to thank you for listening and you're really helping me grow the reach of the show all right once again that's it for me thank you for tuning in